Welcome to another episode of NY Just Fans Podcast with hosts David Sharman and Chris. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we come to you with another episode. We are on week six. Um, very exciting football news, but of course, it ain't nothing exciting about the Jets, so let's get to it. Um, Jets, of course, they got the ass whooped 30 to 10 against the Cardinals, so Sharman, for what you have saw, um, what, what, what did you see um, from Flacco and basically what, what happened to basically what, what, what was the performance like? Uh, about the same. There hasn't been any kind of uh, uptick in, in player performance, basically. Uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, uh, <laughs> I think, I think I, I was trying at one point, which, you know, without, uh, I mean, I failed miserably, but I was trying to um, start a thing online on Twitter, start in circus mode. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but basically, uh, there's nothing work, nothing is working. And, and it's almost like inserting Flacco as a starter, basically reset any kind of small growth that the team was having. Um, you could see that Flacco was having connect, um, chemistry issues with his wide receivers. And even when he hit them, they weren't catching. Uh, there was not, uh, which which I th- I felt like that was the answer was I thought the Jets would run the ball more or try to at least and there wasn't that not that they really had a choice because the Cardinals kind of jumped down their throats pretty quickly um, but yeah I mean it doesn't make any sense analyzing Joe Flacco in my opinion um, I think the way things are going with the Jets I think more than anything our conversations are going to revolve around the future of this team going from now. So um, I would, I highly doubt that Joe Flacco is going to be a a critical part in the future for the Jets. Um, uh, Le'Veon Bell came back, got 13 carries, 60 yards uh, for the first time. He got more carries than Gore, which makes sense. Which what you would really do is give a more talented back the carries or the um you know a younger back. Um uh Jameson Crowder is a is a slot star, man. He's one of the elite slot receivers in the league, even on a, even on a team that just sucks. And there's nothing really working. He just seems to always be open and always trying the hardest to get extra yards. Um, that touchdown, the reach for the touchdown, that that throw, that was that was just all Jamison Crowder right there. I like, you know, I think he's one of the bright uh, stars on this team. Um, uh, they, I mean, snap count, snap counts wise. Um, like I said, Bell got more snaps than Gore for the first time. Uh, Jeff Smith got almost a hundred percent snaps, but he was targeted eleven times, only caught three balls. That which shows you how bad this offense is right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Alex Smith, uh, Connor McGovern, man. I mean, we've been kind of giving him shit. I mean, I've been kind of holding back because this is a new offense for him. You know, um, 
you know so it, it would it would have taken time for him to kind of acclimate himself but uh he i think that was one of his better games um i think i think we look forward to seeing better games from him because he's not a bad center so you know so a lot of what was happening before was just miscommunication stuff it wasn't him just missing blocks so now you could see like the evolution of his play, like he's understanding more where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to be doing. So, so now you've seen better play from him. So that's, that's a, that's also a good thing. Um, it makes sense, right? It's already week five. Yeah. So I think exactly. now teams are getting into gear, I would say. Yep. You know, together. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, I mean, the regular stuff, man, we know we have issues at wide receiver. You know, the only person at wide receiver that's making plays, we know who's, who that is. Uh, Yo, what's defense. going on? With, before you go to, what's going on with Herndon? <laughs> like, two, that, that's like, actually a topic that we need to, like, really, like, dig into, like what man. Is, what is going on with him? Like, two it's years It's something ago, in his head. It great. It's yeah, his head. It, it has to be because I can't, I can't tell you. Um, I can't see in his play that he's doing anything different. I mean, I know there's times Sam missed him wide open, but the fact that he's not getting separation sometimes, most of the time, he's not getting open. And when he does get open and when he gets the ball thrown his way, he's dropping multitude of them. Um, I don't know. Um, and that's something I'd have to look into more, but I, I, uh, I think it was was it you, Davin, that that kind of said that possibly the injury played some part in kind of resetting him, like making him yes. a different player. Yes, uh, I, I don't know if any of us remember uh, Herden had a, a, I guess like not not a not an injury, but not so serious injury. I, maybe he's scared to get hurt again, but it's still you know inexcusable if not. Of playing how you playing, especially when you're supposed to catch the ball, like instead of instead of already turning around to try to get the extra yards, you know, put your hands on the ball, catch the ball, you know, just like that's that yeah. shit is ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. There's no excuse for her to play way how you playing. And where's Griffin at? Actually, actually, I was about to tell you that uh, for the first time this year, um, Ryan Griffin got more snaps than Herndon. Um, Ryan Griffin had 61% of the snaps and Herndon had 42%, which for the first time you'd say that Grace actually did some coaching because that's what you do if you see one of your players struggling. You know, insert the other player, insert the backup, see if you could get a spark. And, you know, that didn't really lead to anything because uh, the connection between Flacco and Griffin is not there. So there's so much... There's so many layers to this, man. I mean, of course, it starts with the fact that uh, our coaches are currently um, incompetent, and we we're bereft of talent at the in in on the roster. Not a good combination. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's you know. I mean, I mean, if anything, if anything, if you don't have that much talent, your coach would be the kind of coach that would be able to squeeze as much juice out of the lemon as possible. Uh, and this dude, he ain't squeezing nothing. <laughs> I mean, some of that play calling from Gates is still uh, questionable. Like, the, uh, for instance, the, uh, the Wesco 
the West Go run on the fullback. Oh, uh, supposed to be the fullback was, on the third and one. Come on. That but then, was, that but then was the fourth tragic. and one, he went to Bell. So it it didn't make no it did it's CBA's play calling is still Steve. questionable. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, I mean, even though field. West, even though Westco had had like a right a right side open, it's still no no, it's still no excuse as to why why you're not trying to switch it up and and try to make something happen. You know, this is the, like Faco did okay, and I I wasn't mad at all. I didn't uh-uh. see no, I didn't bad. see no, yeah, no, no. it wasn't you bad no at all to where you could say. Oh, I'm I'm mad at Flacco. No, Flacco no. did the best that he could. Um, they should have had way more points than ten points, and I I just wasn't mad at all. I was just like, okay, Flacco did the best he could. Yeah, that was his you know, first start. our team start. still fucking sucks, but that's it. <laughs> yeah, that was his first start. He really doesn't have that much chemistry with most of those guys, so there's gonna be all these growing pains. And and like I said, the start basically reset everything. Because when if Donald is on the field, he's played or thrown to these guys in practice multiple times and in games multiple times. So they actually have an understanding of, um, or connection with each other, you know. Um, but but with, with Flacco now, everything has to start from scratch again, you know. So um, that's one thing, you know. But the play calling, I mean, Davin, the play calling is not is – not, is, Oh. I think I think I think Robbie Sable from Jets uh, Factor and uh, Sable Radio said it perfectly. Gase is calling 1960s football, and he was going up a co- against an offensive coach that coaches in 2020. You understand me? You do not in this in in this era. You do not have an offense where. There is no kind of uh, window dressing. There's no kind of fakes. There's no kind of uh, motions. There's no, you know, this is what football is now. The manipulation of the defense. You know, you're basically trying to trick the defense into giving away what they're doing, number one. And number two, trying them to look one way whilst you do another thing, another place. You know, it's, it's... and, and, and unfortunately, Gase is not doing any of that. He's, it's almost like he's in his little card looking at it, calling plays, and he's not watching what the defense is doing and the call and trying to adjust to it. There's a lot. Man, listen. listen I, I, found it, I found it odd, too, very odd, that on his first, the first play of the game for the Jets, they did that rollout, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't they do that with Donald with more? Sam. <laughs> like, what about the hell? It, it was weird, but yep. right, it was weird. But you know, I guess the, with Flacco missing the wide receiver, it, yeah, it was work. still something. It was still something new, and Flacco just had to get get it going. It's been a while since Flacco played, so I was like, all right, I'll give Flacco that, whatever. And he and he looked okay. You know, Crowder still did his thing, and we have to get credit when credit is due. Crowder had yeah, definitely Crowder needs balling. to stay with this, yep. uh, what we call a definite full tank mode, which we'll talk about in a minute. But Crowder definitely needs to stay. Um, Crowder is balling his ass off. I just wish we now nah, made me wish we kept Robbie Anderson. That would have been a nice one-two punch, but it is what it yeah, is. Perry, exactly. Yeah. One, one last, uh, yeah, one last point about the game I want to make about the play calling is that the 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 issue lies in the fact 
that there is no innovation. That, oh, oh, wait, there's not no innovation. There's very little innovation. And that is the problem, you know? You know? And if you're going to have a team, like Chris just said, like, oh, well, I said bereft of talent, you have to create opportunities for them, basically scheming them open, a scheming runs open, scheming holes open, scheming wide receivers open, like that rollout that you, they gave to, um, to Flacco. But then you don't only call the rollout, okay, he missed it. But you have to basically make a wrinkle off the rollout. Every coach does this. They call a play. And even if they miss it, because the fact that they put it in your head, they use it to fake you into thinking they're going to roll out and probably like do a double move or something and then give you a bomb over, over top. And Jeff Smith is fast enough to do one of those. Nothing. No wrinkles off of plays. Nothing. I, I, anyway, and, and like I said, it is what it is at this point. We know what we're getting at with Gase. It's, it's like beating a dead horse at this point. And to, to make it even worse, you got what you just spoke about, Jeff Smith. He was a former quarterback in college. So mm -hmm. he's a guy you could run trick plays with, you know, something. Mm -hmm. I mean, just try something for Christ's sake. Like you said, they're stuck in – I don't even you're, – you're insulting the 60s by saying he's called <laughs> plays like in the 60s. I don't know what he's doing. He's just – you know, like you said, you got to do something. And I just found it weird. Like the first play of the game, he has Flacco rolling out. I'm like, come on. Does that make it almost look like he's not, he's, you know, he's not trying that with Donald? But meanwhile, that's probably Donald's better. Best you know, attribute? Yeah. Yeah. He's rolling out and, and throwing on the run. I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I always, I, I shake my head the whole game. I'm just, I'm like, what is going on? It, it makes no sense. And then the play calling, like you said, third and one, fourth and one. Yeah. Makes absolutely uh. no sense. And the red zone calls. Uh. Dreadful. Like, just like, what are you, and this guy is supposed to be, you know, the offensive genius or guru or whatever you want to call it. Well, we him. know, we know he's not, so, no. you know. <laughs> it's embarrassing. No, 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 ch no chance, no, yeah, we should not it's mention really that ever again. As Jets fans, we should not, we should not, we should not mention that at all. We should not never, ever, ever mention <laughs> guru and Gase in the same sentence. That shit should go out the window starting from now. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy, but you know, at the same time, um, uh, it's just it just sucks. You know, I'm surprised the Jets uh, caught up. Um, well, actually played, actually played, and it was 14 to 10 for a while. I thought I was about to finally break the cycle and watch a whole game, but the fourth quarter, they they said, "Sight, we got you," <laughs> and then that was it. So there you go. Um, <laughs> So the Jets play the play the Dolphins. Uh, uh, what 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 do they need to? Do? Well, the Jets is I meant the full. Sorry, the Dolphins is coming over a very impressive win against the 49ers, which, which we'll talk about later. Um, what the Jets can do to basically try try to try to uh, keep up with them scoring wise because we we apparently think that Fist Magic is going to win. <laughs> Fitz magic is Fitz magic, man. Uh, <laughs> you for a bad game, right? He, he, yeah. The, 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 the thing about at Fitzpatrick now, as as fans, we like to point out players and call them garbage or trash or 
or, or whatever, you have to understand for him to be a pro quarterback for as long as he has, even if he doesn't have the talent of some of those young kids or some of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, trust and believe that his knowledge of football is up there with anybody. His understanding of defenses and stuff like that is up there with anybody. So you will see, you know, him take advantage of stuff when he when you give it to him. He will understand when you, you can't you can't basically you can't hide a coverage from him. If basically the only way you beat him and the reason why he's not an elite quarterback in his league is because he'll beat himself. Eventually, if you let him, he's gonna beat himself. That's just how he is. That's why he's been a journeyman. But when he catches fire, which is probably three or four games every year, he will be damn near elite. (laughs) And against our defense, I mean, mean, with that Williams kid and and, and, um, Preston Williams and the other wide receiver, and they have the, um, um, the tight end. They have... Quietly, the Dolphins have amassed a little bit of talent, man. You know, I mean, we, you know, people don't talk about them a lot because they haven't won that much, that many games. But if they go on a winning streak now, people will be talking about them because not only do they play hard on defense, they're coached by a very good defensive coach. They have good talent on offense, and you will see that on display because, uh, you know. We'll give them multiple chances <laughs> to display that. So, so that that goes without saying, man. Um, they have running backs, offensive linemen. Some of the the youth at offensive line has been playing really well. Um, like I said, the wide receivers could play. Um, tight end is probably one those one of those quiet guys that are actually one of the better tight ends in the league. Gaseki, that's his name. Yes, that's his name. Yeah. Um, and on defense. I mean, they just don't have the experience. They're a pretty young defense. Um, Well, I think their issue is linebackers. So if you could attack them on their linebackers, I mean, they have older guys that are really not good at covering. So if you could really get them, I think that's the spot to get them at. But other than that, man, that's a pretty good, that's a good front. I mean, they're pretty talented at corner. The safeties are okay. I mean, they, I, in my opinion, the safeties is uh, they're getting better, you know. So um, that's another yeah. loss for the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team that gives up a lot of yardage, but I'll yes. tell you that. I mean, they're two wins. They beat Jacksonville, thirty-one thirteen, and the San Francisco. Yeah, it was a big blowout. But remember, who San, San Francisco's got two wins this year, and who did they yep. beat? They beat us, and they yep. beat the nothing. <laughs> two winless yep. teams, and. The Miami losses, they lost to Seattle, 31-23, so they were in that. They lost to Buffalo, 31-28, and they lost to New England opening week, 21-11. So they've been in every single game, even on the losses against the good team. So, Not to cut you off, Chris, but you remember we were having this conversation about teams that get to the Super Bowl and how they normally have this, like, horrible fall? Oh, if, if they lose, if they lose the Super Bowl. Right. We were remember we were talking about that oh, yeah. when we were breaking down when we were breaking down the teams before the start of the season. And it seems like that's what's going on because there's the normal cohesion that's on offense, especially in a Kyle Shanahan offense, 
it's missing, man. Is there something going on there? I think, I think, I think probably if a healthy Garoppolo gets back, I think things are gonna change a little bit. But because with all these injuries, they have everybody hasn't been on the field that long. But anyway, we're talking about Miami now. But um, yeah, you know, I, you know, I think Miami's gonna. I think Miami's gonna be a pain in the butt. They they are that they look that 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 kind of team. Oh, definitely, and it, they're and it, I mean, it's gonna be the same old story with us. I mean, we've played five games, and it seems like we've played the same game every week, and we keep saying the same thing about play calling. The offense just is going nowhere, and the defense can't stop anybody. They can't put out. They can't rush the passer at all, and it just seems like it's every week. It's the same exact game every week and we keep losing so how the owner is looking at this and saying oh yeah Gase is still an offensive guru or he's still our, our guy I mean it's it's amazing to me how we could see the same exact game I could see if we lose a close game every week and you're like oh, all right you know we just we fought and it doesn't even look like they're fighting anymore I mean you scored 10 points against Arizona they should have scored more than 10 points against this team Arizona is not the best team in the league. Nowhere near it. And they came off an ugly loss. Chris, and I don't think – I'm sorry, but I don't think that effort is an issue. I uh, really don't think so. I, I think talent is the issue. Well, Because I, I will I – will, yeah. talent, talent and massive, massive mistakes by the coaching staff. I, right. like, On both sides bro, of the ball. Both uh, sides. Yeah, not just yeah. off. Um, um, there was the one play – that where it was almost like uh, Frankie Louvu was on was playing edge on one play. I think it was a second down play. And basically he's one of the best, better athletic guys. So so I think Greg Williams wanted to keep him out to kind of spy on uh, on uh, Murray, uh, you know, Murray. Kyler Murray and and he got caught up on a third down on a run. I think that was when uh, the running back had a 29-yard touchdown. And all of a sudden, he, they go, they go um, no huddle, and he's caught up on the edge by him. Like, he's, this dude is, like, he's probably weighing, like, 240 soaking wet, if that. And he's on the edge by himself against what would end up being a double team. <laughs> he gets destroyed. Our safeties overplayed the, overrun the play, both of them. And the running back goes 29 yards for a touchdown. Now, you would think that if we had an actual edge setter in the game, that we would be able to stop that run. You know, that's a mistake on the part of Greg Williams. You know, and, and this is the thing. You could point out multiple occasions where um, I think, I think um, when he took the, when he said about uh, Jamal not enjoying um, his, himself as much in Seattle as he did playing for the Jets, I think Chris, I think Carol um, took a shot back at, at him, at Williams, basically saying that we don't make as many mistakes as he does. And bro, he's right. Listen, <laughs> Carol knows what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> yep. Because 
because there is way too many times when players are caught out there, man, and and you know he takes risks as a as a defensive caller, a play caller, and sometimes, man, he like that play, like I just called out. You know, players got caught; they get caught out of position, and you get you know, and most likely that's something they saw on film. That's why they went no huddle. They realized that there was a guy that plays outside linebacker that's not really an edge setter on the edge. And they could maul the crap out of him and get almost untouched 29-yard touchdown. So what's the so what's the prediction for the uh, what's the score prediction for the game? <laughs> Same old uh, yeah. I'm giving you the carbon copy of what we've seen. I'll mm. say they'll score a little bit more this week. Um, but they're still going to give up a lot. I'm going to go uh, what I uh, 31-20. I'm going to go with Miami winning. Yeah, I'm 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 you're giving them 20. I ain't giving them 20. I <laughs> I think it's going to be a, a you said carbon copy. You should have stayed with that. This is going to be like a 30 something point game um, by Miami with the Jets going scoring like 10 points. So, they, there's a possibility this is going to be like 40 to 10. Hmm. Uh, I might. Uh, oh boy, I, I even hate to say this. Uh, no, I'm not giving the Jets no one. Um, <laughs> it's more of a it's more of a, a closer game. Um, I'm actually gonna give them 17. Uh, I think the Dolphins will have 24. Yeah, I think I think it'll be just a seven point game. I don't know why. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give a closer game. You know, maybe maybe they'll finally catch the ball. Then Flacco numbers will look a little bit better. Um, there you go. Uh, okay. That's about it. Um, but let's let's talk about Bell. Uh, Bell got released. He he signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, this 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 right here is probably <laughs> I'm not going to call it frustrating. This is like the weirdest situation ever. Because I feel like fans really said, I'm done. That's it. I'm not a Jets fan no more. <laughs> you know, so. Man, um, see coming? <laughs> right. So that's what I'm saying. So, Chris, uh, I, I know I know how you was about this topic. Um, so, 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 so get it. So um, go, go right ahead. All right. You know what? To really understand why this move happens, you know what? Let's start from the beginning, right? why we ended up, why we even signed him in the beginning, okay? First of all, he was not getting any offers anywhere near what the offer we gave him. The highest offer he was getting from other teams, I think it was San Fran and Baltimore, he was getting around $8 million a season, okay? We ended up giving him $13 million a season over four, uh, for four years, right? For like $52 million, I think it came out to. And yes, yep, too. Right. The only reason why we went that high is because Mac kind of got word that Baltimore was going to come up with a big offer. So he wanted to over, you know, to, to top Overdo it. Do it. Yeah. And that's what he did. And he got sucked mm-hmm. into it, even against what his head coach was saying that, you know, and then we found out, right, that Gase didn't want to spend that much on a running back, which is fine, especially at this point. This is the other thing, too. At this point, Last year, we weren't exactly one player away from winning the Super Bowl. So I don't know who the hell said that in the first right. place. Okay, so to sign, even though we were all excited about getting Bell, 
I'm not so I'm not the guy that it's still it still was but, too much for a contract. Right. And not just the amount, but it's the wrong player at the wrong time. Hmm. We're right. at the beginning of a rebuild. You don't you don't start a rebuild with a player like Bell. He's the guy you get at the end of the rebuild when you're ready to win. Right? He's the guy that you finish off your offense with, not start the offense with. Because a guy like Bell needs good offensive line, quarterback play, good receivers. You know what I'm saying? He's not a guy that's going to be able to carry a team on his back. He's just not that that kind of running back. That is so, – No, no. He's Listen, without – listen, you can't – he's not going to do it without an offensive line, without a quarterback, and without receivers. And at that time, we had nothing. We had a, a, a supposedly possible franchise quarterback, but we had no offensive line, no receivers at all. So he's not the guy you sign right away. And here's the that's, other thing. The one thing Mac did right was that he put all the guarantees in the first two years. So the cap, so the contract was basically a two-year two year deal. deal. Correct. So that's why he figured, okay, if it if it goes south and we suck for the next two years, I could cut bait and it's going to be no big deal, you know. So I I spent two years on him. So that was the good that was the good part. And I think now. To me, I would have I would have held on to him a couple more weeks, but I wouldn't have played him for two weeks because I, I read something that in his contract, if he got hurt this year, his n- next year would get guaranteed. He would get yes. like an eight million, whatever. Eight guaranteed. million, yes. So I could understand horrible. him not playing him. So I could see them putting him on the reserve list or something or the inactive list for a couple of weeks and wait until maybe a team loses their running back and you could be like. There you go. You know, you can have him for a seventh round pick or something, sixth round pick. But instead we have to release him. So, all right, whatever. But still so, good. Good, Sean. So so my so I I'm I'm not gonna lie. Um I was a I was a little bit and, and it's a it's a funny thing. I think I think it's just because about the uh, of the whole situation. I normally don't really get emotional about any of this bull. Uh I love football. But um but the thing that bothered me about Le'Veon is that um, I totally disagree with a lot of people that say that Le'Veon could not be a back that you could use to basically vault yourself if you don't have that much talent on the team to becoming a kind of a competitive team. Because I promise you, if your coaching staff was any... Clo- anywhere close to being, to being, uh, uh, what's the word, man? Uh, not competitive. What's the word? Uh, uh, <laughs> <Smart>? <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I agree. If, if your coaching saying. staff was smart in any way, you know, if they could, if they were good in any way, if they were, if they thought out the situation, and this is the thing that bothered me about the whole thing, in my opinion, right? Gase came. It always. It's almost like Gase came in. He looked at what they were. Their Jets had, and he was like, "Man, I can't work with this. I gotta tear this shit down anyway." Like that is not what you do, because what you end up doing is you create an atmosphere of losing, just so that you could wait until you get your guys in. That is total bullshit. You <laughs> basically messing up the organization just so that you could get your time. That is bull. Coaches do what they do. They create an atmosphere from the jump. 
that garners the like a healthy feeling of man i want to be here man they're going to do whatever it takes to kind of you know accentuate my best qualities you understand me yes bell is not ezekiel elliot but don't tell me that he's far off from that because trust and believe if you have a talent like that if you accentuate his best qualities even when you don't have the best offensive lineman and the best quarterback you could use him to highlight an offense because he is a mismatch and a problem if you create plays for him now that is one part of the question the other part which i had to calm down to realize not to realize but just to come to terms with is what chris says is actually is actually really true that the signing was bad because if you're going to have if you're going to if you have a plan in place to build a team that's not where you start you know you don't start at the running back position and give him 15 million that don't make no sense you know so i totally understand with that part and more than anything just the part before this is is what bothers me the most you know you can't tell me as a coach that this makes sense you have talent i don't care if the best thing he could do was kick the can down the road you let him kick the damn can down the road you okay. give give him the ball a million times until Sean, here's the thing that's yeah. it here's another thing last year we complained he didn't get the ball enough right but you know what he had the 12th most running attempts last year and he missed a game. Oh, right? 15 oh, games. Yeah. Mm. But, 15. but can I but can I explain that though? No, no, no. Because, you can, because you're going to tell I I know what you're going to say. In, what am I going to say? You're going to say you just like what you said, he wasn't put in a position, right? To right, because quality is better than quantity. Everybody knows quality is better than quantity. Right, but I could give you you could Levion Bell's attributes just the fact that you just giving him the ball doesn't matter. You have to give him the ball in a in a position for him to to accentuate his gifts. If you're only giving him the ball like he's freaking like he's like I said, if you okay, if you have a freaking if you have a player like Ezekiel Elliott and you're giving him the ball like they were like the Jets were giving him the ball last year, fine, because that's what Ezekiel Elliott does. He's a battering ram. You give him the ball a million times. and he'll beat the the defense into submission and then you could take advantage of them off of that but that's not who Le'Veon Bell is i know you had to create line you couldn't nobody could run behind that line whether we could or but it wasn't Le'Veon about Bell. the running the, this is the thing and and i'm actually i'm actually siding with you we had this conversation last year where we were talking about the fact i know you used like, to fight with me you were saying about him get the ball more right and no and and you know what I apologize. I was wrong because because in you were right that he needed the ball more, but the thing was is where they were giving him the ball. You know, you understand me? Yes. The well, he wasn't offensive lined up line wasn't blocking enough. Right. right. And this is the thing. The the yes, they needed Listen, to give okay, him more is... for blocking and all this stuff. But I think the thing that bothers me the most about this, I totally agree with you that the signing shouldn't have happened at all. But if you have talent in house 
I think that's an indictment right, on front office it. and coach not using that talent to the best of the ability. I'm not paying you all this money just so that you can sit around. And this is crap. And think this, about it. To me, that, that you should be fired just off of that. And you know what? The people that are shocked by, by him getting cut, it's how can you be shocked? Because they were shopping him at the last uh, trade deadline last year. They wanted to trade him then. If somebody gave him anything, then they would have unloaded him. But nobody was giving him offers because nobody wanted to take on the contract. That's so they, how much of a they, mistake it was. Huh? That's how much of a mistake it was. Right. And nobody wanted, nobody wanted to pick it up. So they just said, you know what? We're going to wait this guy out. Because we know they're going to cut him at some point. They're either, either going to cut him next offseason after the year's up, or they might cut him at the trade deadline. And that was it. Because <laughs> nobody was going to give him anything. Like, not even a seventh-round pick. Nothing. Nobody wanted to give him anything for him. So, but you put him on a good team like Kansas City, holy cow, he's going to get back to – he's not going to be what he was in Pittsburgh, but he's going to be really, really good. <laughs> Because yep. think about this too, okay? We have not seen the uh, Le'Veon Bell Pittsburgh years in three years, right? Yeah, because he's yeah. a year. Almost, yeah, most likely. Right, yeah, it's almost that. three years now. So yep. uh, that's another thing. Teams are like, is he, you know, did he lose a step? Because even with the Jets, even when he did get the ball, it kind of looked like he lost a step. And that's what a lot of people are saying. I'm not saying that that's definitely it. But you know what? Yeah, you put I think him nobody on, knows. No, but listen, you, well, everybody's saying that, but you know what? If you put him on a better team, he's going to do better. I mean, you put him in Kansas City, like you said, with a, an offensive coordinator like the enemy and, and Andy Reid, they're going to find a spot for him and make him better. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to accentuate his talent, like you're saying. So, Especially what he does best. This is the thing. The, that, to me, that's a match made in heaven. Right. Because that's what he does. He's a matchup nightmare. Especially if you're going to like be, if you're going to make him, you, you take Clyde Edwards Hilaire and you make him the first and second down back and then you make um, Le'Veon the, the third down back, this is what he is. This is what he is. He's a matchup nightmare. So now you have him in the backfield. You don't know what he's going to do. He's good enough to be able to block. He's good enough to release and catch balls. He's good enough to run routes. So he could, you could do a multitude of things with him. You know, and his understanding of the game and his experience is much further along than where Hilaire is. Where Hilaire has just has fresh legs because he's a younger guy. Um, um, Le'Veon Bell's understanding of offenses and football on the pro level is going to, oh my, I mean, it's like a cheat code. And, and it, it, this, this is all it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, and, and we're going to find out what what exactly he's got left, you know, because we, we really haven't seen, you know, the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell in, in almost three years since 2017, uh, 2018, I'm sorry, right? 2017. Yeah, yeah 2017, because he sat out 18. So it has been that long since we've really seen that kind of player. And we're going to find out in the next, you know, 10, 10 11 games or whatever is left with Kansas City because that's the, probably the perfect spot for him to land. So we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I hope he does well, because I, I like him. Uh, he said all the good things, except for this week, you know, with the liking certain things. And, but I don't blame him. I'd be frustrated too. And you know what? He's seen what Adams did, and he figured, you know what? 
if I kind of <laughs> do the same thing, but without being that much of an asshole, I'll, I can probably get my way because I'm going to be out of here anyway after this year. So, and he knew that too. He knew he was done after this year, no matter what. My, my, my thing is, so let's, let's, let's spend a little time on talking about, and, and I want Davin's opinion on this, because the liking of the tweets, what is you got, what is, I mean, I mean, I know it's a done deal, but people were up in arms about the dude liking tweets. It's not like he, were, he went on an interview with Manish Mehta talking shit about the organization. People are talking about, like, Bell was out there talking shit about the Jets for how long? D he did not. He did not. It, this is apples and oranges. There's no comp oh, yeah, comparison no. between what Adams did or even then what he did in, in Pittsburgh and what he did in New York. There's no comparison. Right, yeah. but he knew, he knew that this is all he had to do was to get it going. He just, he knew he had to poke the bear, like not even poke him, yeah. just kind of flick his, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he just had to wake it up a little bit and be like, I, I'm going to get out of here and I'm not even going to look as bad as Jamal Adams doing it. You know, because up until this week, he always said the right things. He always says, you know, yeah, just give me the, whatever. You know, he was always positive about the team, which was great. And, you know, so he knew, it, and he knew after this year, he was done. Everybody in the league knew after this year, he was done in the, on the Jets. There was no way the Jets were going to keep him after this year. There's no way. No. So it was just a matter of time. So he knew, I, you know what, if I just do a little bit, I'll probably get out of here before the trade deadline. Uh, yeah. Um, what, I, what I'm going to say about the, the tweets is that uh, it's just the like. It's really not, not too serious for one, for two. Um, at, least he, at least he was more mature with us than what he was with Pittsburgh. Um, when he went on the rampage, so uh, I give Bell that. Uh, three, this is <laughs> yeah, and three, this is this was a max signing. I don't know what it is. Um, I think for what it is, at the end of the day, this this is not Joe Douglas guy, you know, and it's not no disrespect. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had gained the weight, so forth and so forth. Um, didn't he got his carries? He got what he wanted. Um, this, it's just like just like you said, Chris. It just wasn't the right timing for it to happen. And I feel like Jets fans kind of pushed it. You understand where I'm coming from? Because yeah, we were all excited about it. Yes, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm saying before, before, um, before signing him, it was like, oh, let's go get Le'Veon Bell. Let's go get Bell. Let's go get this guy. Let's go get that guy. You know and and Matt and, and and Matt probably listened to the fans and was like, okay, oh, let's, let's go get Bell. You you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, Matt yeah. Matt job was on the line. Right. So I'm he not had all that and he had all that cap space to spend money. Yes, so exactly. Like, yes. <laughs> so I I get it. This is this was not this was not Gaze. And Gaze is is, is is immature because if he known that he didn't want Went Bell and so forth and so forth. They should have been did this. Le'Veon Bell only played 15 games with us and made 28 million. So basically, he already ripped us off. And then we got to do 15 million dead cap to this year. So we already felt like we got ripped off. We we got ripped off already. So I'm not I'm not worried about. I'm not even worried about all of that. Now the problem to me is that we like as fans we we act. We we want superstars, but we we won't 
we won't do the right things in order to build a, a, a team, not, not even a team, but a, a complete dynasty. And and it and it pisses me off because I'm like, how many of y'all is is really not fans now? Because y'all wanted y'all wanted this superstar, y'all, y'all well superstar at at his prime, you know. And he and he will still do his thing with Kansas City. I'm not mad at that, um, which I will talk about in a second. But you want superstars? You want basically you want a smoothie with with bananas and and strawberries, but you but you forget you can't you you got to get the healthy stuff you got to get the kale you got to get you know some the other ingredients and and it's just crazy you know like i understand we haven't been in the playoffs for over a decade but we we it's just it's just so frustrating because i'm just let me so, let me let me let me try to help you out a little bit because i think i understand where you're going yeah but this. you understand you understand oh yeah i totally go, understand go what it. you're saying because it. because in my opinion I, I totally agree with that. And this is why, year after year, as Jets fans, we keep crying for talented players. Because for ages, the Jets have been so bad at drafting players. We don't have great players. We don't have talent. So when Jets fans get a, a whiff of, oh, the Jets are going to get a talented player, we can't wait to see a talented player on the Jets. Because in reality, for the last 10 years, all we could do is wait for the next year. Because from jump, we're losing. We're 0-2, 0-3, 0-4, this year, 0-5. And the only thing we get to see is the team play. And we want, just want to see one good player on the Jets, for heaven's sake. One guy. Just one guy. You know? And that's why I think a lot of Jets... Play, fans were mad at the fact that Jamal Adams was traded away and now Lev Bell is, 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 um, got released. It's because if you're not going to give me championships or competitiveness, at least let me see competitive players, talented players. And they can't even do that. <laughs> no, but it just shows you, though, the importance of, of building through the draft. And that's something, like you said, we haven't had, you know, consecutive really good drafts in God knows how long. And not just on top of that, we haven't had a good, a really good draft, number one. Number two, we haven't had the good coach and GM relationship that was probably the last time we had a really good coach-GM relationship was probably Rex, Reed, uh, Rex Ryan and, um, and Tannenbaum. That was probably the last good like they were on the same page, you know, they worked together. They were like, okay, we need this. We need that, whatever. Imagine. That was the imagine, last one. And it's almost imagine, a <laughs> imagine that that's where you got to go to get the best. That's how yeah. bad it's been for us, man. This right, is, but at least, you know what? Oh, I'm not saying that they goodness. would break, but no, together, not, but I, I understand. They worked understand. together. These guys, you could see Gase obviously was not working good with Mac. So Christopher right. Johnson, Got rid of both, you know, got rid of Mac because they do everything friggin' everything is backwards with them. You don't get rid of the GM. You know what I mean? You gotta hire, you gotta let your GM hire the coach. And then when the co- when the team screws up, then you get rid of the coach, like Atlanta. They get rid of the coach and the GM. That's it. Right. Start over. And that's what we should have did. But yeah, we're so. stuck in this bullshit situation. And now you got Gase 
who's got no, you could tell he's, like you said, he's childish in, in his play calling and everything. And he's horrible. So that's the other thing. He's got to go this year. There's, there's yeah. no if, ands, or buts anymore. He has to go. I yeah, mean, and I think Joe Douglas knows that. And, and yeah. you know, this is, a, this is basically a, um, a, a patient game um, that I felt like uh, as, a, as fans we should be more, uh, more into because of the fact that the matter is that, you know, like, okay, Christopher Johnson went this, but – like I could actually, I could actually. The earliest I could, I could probably see we could see gays gone this this weekend. But like for what y'all was saying, it, it might not make sense and wait till after the season. You know, um, I think the bye week. I think that's the earliest. It could be, but this way you give an extra week for them to prepare with the new coach, whoever it's going to be. You know, the interim coach. That's what I think is going to happen, but I don't know. You know. But the crazy thing is, is that Bill O'Brien got fired and the Texans won, um, which we'll talk about later. Uh, I just, I just feel that, you know, this is with Joe Douglas team. We, we going to figure out what his dynasty is going to be and what not even his dynasty, what his process is going to be to see if we could be back to the team that, that we was, um, Bell was a Matt guy. Like I, it's something about these these guys that come from Matt that just don't work out. The only one that's working out right now was Crowder. Out of everybody, right? Out of all the things that happened for Mac, um, Adams was one of them. Got traded, and it just seems like it's it just seems like we need to get that that guy, not the garbage, but the stink out. You know, and with with us getting the stink out and hopefully get a completely fresh new air. I'm 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 really I'm really hopeful. I'm not going to sit here and judge, and and I feel like when gays get fired, everybody is going to try to to force a, a a coach. And I feel like Joe Douglas just need to do the right thing and bring his guy, and not just what the not what the fans want. You know, like this, like this dude, do what you got to do. You know, you you've been around the best the best GMs in the league. Please. Do do it your way, and we'll see what happens from there. I'm I'm hoping that that that's what happened, but can I just put this out here one time? Go for I it. have this sinking feeling that Adam Gase is Joe Douglas's guy. That's that's the sinking feeling I have. I don't know if it's because of any everything that's happening with with 2020 and everything, <laughs> but I have this sinking. It's like this. Nightmare that I wake up from at night where I'm like, it's 2021 and Adam Gates is still the Jets head coach. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying that it's possible. I'm just saying that that's the nightmare that I keep waking up from. <laughs> that's yeah, all I, I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> if it was yeah, Mac still here, I would have said, yeah, because I could see Mac making that stupid decision. But I think Douglas has been around – He's been around the, the Ravens for a while, and he learned under Ozzie Newsome. He knows what how to build a, a team. He went to Philly. They won a Super Bowl, too. So he knows what it takes, and he knows that I, you know, he's got to start changing the culture of this team. It can't be just a loser mentality, this loser situation that everybody, you know, we're, we're the butt of every joke now. You know, we're not even – the Browns aren't even the joke now. We're, we're the joke. We're the, we're the Cleveland Browns now. So I think the next 
he's got to think, okay, it's not working with this guy. I have a six-year contract. I'm in year two now. I got four years left. There's no way I could wait two more years or another year to make a coaching change because then it's going to be another two years to rebuild and start over and all that. So he knows it's got to happen this year. And he's got to bring in a coach that's going to change the culture like, like Rex Ryan did and even further back when Bill Parcells came in. Totally even, changed even the with the, of his team. And, and even with the Panthers – I'm sorry, Chris. And even uh, with the Panthers, um, the Panthers is actually doing good right. right now as we speak, you know. So um, <clears throat> and I just feel – right? Yes, correct. So I just, I just think let's – Let's see what happens after the season, and let's see how it goes. Because he, Joe Douglas has been making the trades. Don, you know, and and I hate to say this, Donald was was drafted by Mac. I'm, you know what I'm saying, and I feel like Donald will do his thing when he's not around Gase. Um, and I feel like Gase is going to be going next. Donald is going to be going next if we get the number one draft pick, and then we, we then we're just going to go with a whole new it's going to be a, a totally different team. Um, the only one I see staying is Crowder, uh, maybe CJ Mosley, but you know, who, who knows what will happen with that. Cause Joe Douglas has been tearing down the players that's been around that max signed, which needed to, which kind of needed to happen. And I hate to say it, but it, it really needs to happen. It really needed to happen because Matt did not have no great years with us at all. He already got rid of half the roster since he's since he got here, and that's what right? needed to happen. <laughs> right. And you, you know, know what? Go right ahead, Chris. No, no, I, go right I, ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say that. Like he's already changed over more than half this roster, so he's already cleaning out this, and he knows that too. And here's the thing: I think he's probably gonna watch now for the next couple of weeks how the players respond to Bell getting cut. If they if they say, oh, man, we got to start playing good, if they, if they react in a positive way, then he's going to say, oh, okay, maybe Gase is the right guy. Maybe, you know, like, like what Charmin's nightmare situation, and I think all of our nightmare situations, is that he might say, oh, <laughs> maybe Gase Yeesh. finally has the team he wants. I don't see that happening. No, I don't see it either, but it's going to be how the, how the players react. If the players don't react in any kind of positive way, and if it's still the same carbon copy game that we've seen the last five weeks – then he's got to go. I'm sorry. There's no I mean, way that one one the reason well so the reason why is because um because of what Gay said about P Ryan and not letting P Ryan grow. Oh my god. So so that's so if you don't want your coach to grow your 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 players that 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 he done drafted what is what's the point? Right. <laughs> you know, so you I'm gonna make just him play. He, yes. How are you not how are you not how are you not how are you? I mean, I don't even know what to say. I'm like, right. I don't even have the words. How are you an NFL head coach in a in a press conference saying that you don't want to stunt the growth of your 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 what what round was he drafted? Fourth round? Yeah. Yes. A, yeah, he was a fourth round. A fourth round running back. You know how many fourth round running backs are actually pretty good in the NFL right now? Uh. Come on, man. You're telling me that you're going to stunt his growth if you give him more carries? <laughs> what? Where, where is that? We have what to the hell Frank is Wars, this? So there go. Uh, this guy needs to go. Oh, so man. That's so, this so, yeah, I mean, Joe Douglas. Uh, I know Joe Douglas and uh, Gay's got a history from Chicago one year, but 
that that don't mean shit as of right now. You know, that, if it, this is more of an evaluation. Um, if he if he make gay stay, then trust me, it's gonna be more than I'm gonna say seventy five percent of Jets fans gone. Um, then they aren't gonna be fans no more until Gase is gone. But I, Gase, this is the this is it for Gase, and and that's just it. That's just the bottom line. Search simple, <laughs> you know, short and simple. Um, let's let's move along because because I because I, I don't even want the stink because I don't want to talk about the stink no more. Let's move along. To, um, Quinn, Dan Quinn got fired. Uh, and off the blank said basically what should have happened to Gaze. He's he's not, he, you know, Dan Quinn is not giving us the wins. Um, basically no adjustments. And also for Matt Ryan, he said he don't know about his future with with the Falcons. So do so do y'all see the Falcons rebuilding? Uh listen, man. This is this is what a owner supposed to do. He had given the the front office and the coaching staff multiple chances. A multitude of chances. Um don't get me wrong. I don't think Dan Quinn is a bad coach at all. <clears throat> I think I, I subscribe to the belief that that loss in the Super Bowl basically messed up. And that's not the word I want to use, but <laughs> the Davin would be really better at using that word than I would. But <laughs> he, they definitely messed up. That loss in the Super Bowl basically created an aura around that team that they just cannot get away from. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I don't think there was no coming back from it. I think the only way they could get it out was by getting the GM and the, and the coach out. I mean, think about it. The GM is the one that drafted Matt Ryan. You know, and he was successful because, come on, guys, we know Matt Ryan is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, you know. Um, but I think after the loss in the Super Bowl, I think this it just fell apart. Everything fell apart. I don't think Dan Quinn is that bad of a coach. He definitely is not that bad. I think his message was just lost. Um, I, that happens to coaches, man, especially when they've been in, in positions or places for a long period of time. So I so this is what a reg, a real owner does. You you evaluate the situation, you let it run its course, and then you cut ties. Boom, that's it. Let's move on. And his 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 comment about Matt Ryan, even if Matt Ryan is again, like I said, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, he is still part of part and parcel of what the issue of that aura I was talking about before. So if you really want to restart or start over, you need to get everybody, like Davin was saying, get the stench out. You know, you got to get the stench out. That means everybody that's connected to it needs to go and you need to start afresh. You know, so I totally agree with that. Uh, Blank is, is the man for actually coming out and saying that and not trying to cuddle uh, uh, Matty Ice. I, I like that. Uh, and that, that's just the right thing to do. That's what real owners do. Yeah, it definitely made sense, especially this year. They lost a couple of heartbreakers that um, they, they could have easily have won. You know, the Dallas game, of course, that was a rough game to lose. 
um, and they lost the Chicago game. Both of those games should have been easy wins. And then last week they lost to Carolina. I think that was the, you know, the final blow to them, to why they, they had to get rid of them. But, um, yeah, like you said, man, I don't think he's a bad coach, just like the, the Texans with Bill O'Brien. I don't think he's a bad coach either. It's just after a while, it just – the message isn't getting across to the players. He, it's stale, whatever it is. It's time to move on. And Arthur Blank made the right decision, clean house. And he even got rid of the GM, which I'm a little surprised at because he's been there a while. So, and it's been what, three years since they were in the Super Bowl, I think? About, yeah, three or four. And that was an ugly yeah. loss, too, you know, because yes, it was. They had that big lead. And so I think after a while, the owner keeps seeing the same thing happen. And I'm hoping our owner, who keeps seeing the same thing happen, he's going to finally say, all right, it's time to pull the plug. So, um, I think it was just time. It was the right time. But he'll definitely get a job, no doubt. I can even see him coming to us. I mean, he's from Jersey, so he's got a connection here. Coached at Hofstra. Quinn, Quinn is known. Quinn is known as a great leader of men. Yeah, he is, and 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 that, and in my opinion, <clears throat> that hasn't changed. But I think this, the just the location it needed to change. Yeah, and he did coach here for two years. No. Yep. He was yeah. our defensive line coach in 07 and 08. So. Yeah. Okay. So he does have a little connection to us. So just keep an eye on that. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, I think. I think, and also uh, the Falcons should have at least had three wins, and they, and you know, they blew it. And it's not Quinn's fault, man. Um, to what can you do when you have over a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter and you keep giving it up? You know to. It's just you know, you only can work work with what you can work with. So um that's all you know I can say about that. And I seen on uh on Twitter uh Gary Myers, um the writer who's been around forever, he tweeted the other day that the Jets should try to pry um what's his name from the Saints. Um their their head coach. I just don't Sean see Peyton? Yeah, I don't see Peyton. No, Peyton's definitely not going. The only way I could see it happening. Not happening. Wait, the only way I could see him leaving is if they don't if they don't have a good run in the playoffs, which might happen, you know, because we could see <clears throat> what's his name is done, right? Drew Brees is done after this year. I would I would yeah, think. Man, I he looks know. done now. Yeah. So if he's done, he's got to start over with a new a new quarterback, whoever it may be. So. Maybe he doesn't and want to do that. And this is it. And this is it right there. This is this is the this is gonna be what's gonna guide New York or the Jets for in the future. If the Jets are gonna be as bad as Chris say they are, because Chris say they're gonna be 0 16. <laughs> if they're gonna be 0 16, <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> yes, I'm saying a lot of people are saying that too now. No, no, no. I'm, of course, but I'm just picking on you. You know. <laughs> but, That's all right. Um, <laughs> But if, if, if that's what's going to happen, unfortunately, um, they're going to have a pick of, of the number one pick, which is going to be probably, which have been uh, by NFL, in NFL circles, probably one of the better uh, college quarterbacks we've seen in a while. If that kid is an option for the Jets, I think that a lot of coaches are going to come running to the Jets. Now, hmm. Now, what is also going to be an issue 
is this ridiculous system that the Johnsons have built in where the GM has to come speak to the owner about making football decisions. We've discussed this before, and I'm going to bang the table about this until I'm not a Jets fan anymore. I don't know how long it's going to take. Maybe it could be now. It and the coach tomorrow. has to do that, too. It could be. And the coach has to do that, too. Right, right. It makes no like, sense. Like the owner is the is the is the he is the football guru, dude. You're an owner of a business. You're you know not a football, football guru. You know nothing about. Oh, they. Oh, yeah. Um. Um. The, Mr. Johnson's gonna make a decision. Help make a decision on if Sam Donald plays. Huh? He's a doctor, a football guru, and a businessman. Really, <laughs> the most interesting man alive. <laughs> and I think they're the only team that this does that, crap. too. <laughs> right? Bro. Bro, a lot of owners make decisions or help make decisions. But if That's you're fine. actively being, if you're actively actually being part of where the decision goes, when, especially when it comes to the intricate parts of football where it has to be the people you hire, they're the ones that's supposed to make that decision. If you're influencing that decision, bro, you're messing up. Because as a businessman, what, what do you call that? That's like you're micromanaging? I, to That's be honest, what that is. Micromanaging is bull. I think they're the, bull, I think they're the only team in sports that has this kind of uh, ladder where the head coach has to go to the owner and the GM has to go to the owner. You know, like, that makes no sense. It's the coach and then the GM and then the owner. That's where that's how it is everywhere. Maybe there's a a guy who's um, head of football operations that's a little bit ahead of the GM, but I mean, other than Belichick in New England, where else is it anything like um, here, like the Jets with Christopher Johnson? Nowhere. I can't think of a team in any sport, let alone football. I can't think of any sport that has this kind of business structure or power, whatever you want to call it where the GM has to report to the owner and the head now don't get me now don't get me wrong that's the guy's team isn't that's his money so when you're making critical decisions of course the owner has to be part of it if you're going to do something like sit down for a few games of course you have to go to his office and discuss it in front of him and tell him what you think and give him what your feelings are about the situation but he if i Man, I don't even know how to say this. If I am running, uh, uh, if all of a sudden I become the owner of a freaking, uh, um, well, like a company that makes medicine for, for, for heaven's sake, like they make some kind of pill or something like that. It's almost like me going down on the floor where everybody's working, all the scientists are working, and tell the head lead scientist, bro, if you're gonna if you're gonna put that thing in that red thing over there and spin it, you gotta talk to me first. I don't even know the name of the damn thing or how it's used or whatever, but I'm making decisions on how it's used. It's bull. I mean, it's total bull. <laughs> no, and if he was a football guy who owns a team, I could understand this this structure, but he's not a football guy, so he knows nothing about football. And obviously, you could see that by the decisions they make, they know nothing about football. So an owner like that, you would think he's not Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones 
at least has football knowledge, right? So he's more, I could see that structure being a little, you know, like ours. But um, the Johnsons, they don't know football. You know, they know what they know, but they don't know football. So you would think they would hire a, a GM that has a plan, that knows what he's doing, and say, here you go. Just, you know, yeah, you could come, you could run the ideas to me, but it's still going to be your final say, you know? I mean, you're the football guy, not me. I mean, and he's got to look at his, his history and say, okay, we haven't won a Super Bowl since 1969. Okay, we suck. And whatever we're doing right now is not working, and it hasn't worked. So we got to do something different. But they're so stubborn, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And, I, and that's what scared away uh, Matt Rule, right, who's in Carolina, because he was ready to come here. But once they said, oh, we're going to pick your coaches, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, He's like, nope, sorry, I'm out of here. <laughs> and what do you think another coach I'm gonna is going to do? I'm going to pick your coaches. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, what do you yeah. think another head coach is going to do when he's got – like, are we going to get somebody – you think Bill O'Brien or Quinn is going to let them decide who the coaches are? And no. Never. <laughs> That's why next year – I mean, it's great that we think Douglas is going to hire a good head coach, but – I I don't know what we're gonna get because I think I think they're gonna like Christopher I think Christopher Johnson gonna let it go after Gaze is gone because you know it, it took a lot for Joe Douglas to say I'm not coming to I'm not coming to the Jets and, and Christopher Johnson and was like oh my God we need you we need you really bad and he offered whatever the money was for for them to get him and six years too yes. <laughs> So, so I think I think Joe Douglas is, is, could actually put a foot down, which most GMs, the last couple of Jets GMs can't do, and and actually have his own say and, and actually get his get his own people there. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. Long long story short, yeah. um, but also uh, four players uh, in the Falcons facility, um, basically four players tested positive for COVID. Um, Falcons facility is closed. We will see what happens uh, this weekend to see if they'll if they'll let them play. Um, also, the AFC versus NFC Pro Bowl is canceled. Uh, we usually don't pay attention to the Pro Bowl, but just a quick take: uh, <laughs> was was that the right move? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a pandemic. You, I mean, nobody wants to go there anyway. You know, on a normal year, so they're definitely not going to want to show up in a pandemic. And a lot of players don't even want to play now <laughs> because of this whole thing going on and people are testing positive. So they're not going to show up to a game that they don't even want to go to. So th- this makes total sense to cancel it. Yeah, I agree to that. And last but not least, uh, Odell Beckham, for what I heard earlier, has an unknown illness. Uh, we wish him to get well, um, get better. Um, he was sent home, but he did not test positive for COVID nineteen, so that was a that was a positive thing. But hopefully, we'll know more information, and we'll get to that, and we'll talk to y'all about that next week. Uh, before we review the games, uh, player of the week for uh, week five, um, who do y'all have? Uh, oh, Mister uh, Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh. Sheesh. Yeah, right? the one yeah, the didn't have uh, big hopes on. <laughs> I'm not gonna yeah, say man. Anything. I'm not gonna say anything. Seven catches, one ten, three touchdowns. Not exactly <laughs> that, the hardest defense either, but um that's a big game, man. And he basically yeah, won it for them. So 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's not too much I can say about about him. I mean, I said it. I was last week or week before. I said, I said that that uh, I conceded the fact that once once the Steelers got him in the draft, I basically said that I yeah, I might, I might, I might know actual absolutely nothing about evaluating wide receivers. So, um, but there's something different about Claypool. Claypool was a bigger dude in college. He basically looked kind of like a tight end. And that's what I was worried about. You don't see him looking like a tight end. He looks like a wide receiver. He looks smaller or, I mean, thinner or more, uh, what's the word, <laughs> lift. You know, he looks more agile, you know. He never looked like that in college. So I didn't see that part of him. I didn't know that. But the Steelers are one of the best teams in the league at evaluating uh, wide receiver talent. So there you go. Yeah. Um. Uh. Man. Um. Who. Who would I give? Who, who would I give? Who would I give? Man. Uh. It's. It's. It. I want to give. I want to. I want to give. I'm. You guys are gonna be surprised who I'm gonna give this. Because uh, he's not. He's not a. He's not a friend. He's not a friend of this podcast. Or we. We, we just don't like him. But. Uh, um. Yeah. Derek Carr. <laughs> Derek, no. I mean, he, he played he played a hell of a game, man. I gotta give it to him, man. I gotta give it to him and the Raiders. They played a hell of a game. Yeah, I think his job is on the line as the weeks go by. So it, this was a very impressive win for the Raiders. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it to three guys, and the first one has got to be Khalil Mack. Um, Mack, Mack was just crushing against the Buccaneers. Um. Time and time again, Mac is always on his A game. So shout out to Mac. Um, I'm gonna give it the the fist magic. Played the hell of a fucking game, and I'm also gonna give it to Tannehill. Tannehill, top top of his fucking game right now. And and I and I would never thought Tannehill would play this good without Adam Gaze. But that's another story. But you know, Tannehill is really on top of his game. Shout out, shout out to y'all. Y'all definitely deserve it. Um, so let's let's do quick, quick uh, reviews of Week Five. Um, Bears close game against the Bucks, twenty to nineteen. Oh, you said it. Mac was Mac was in the backfield all game, man. Um, and the Bears pulled it out. That was uh, Nick Foles. They were pretty quiet the first half, but second half they finally you know got something going. Uh, no, I'm not sorry. <sighs> I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> nah, that's cool. I know that two minute warning in the second quarter, they scored uh, 14 straight points. So right, yeah. Right. It was more defensively exactly. second. Yeah, half. it was the defense just played great for uh, the Bears. That's right. Yeah, I, I think, know. I think, I, uh, yeah, in, in my opinion, you know, I think we said that last week. I think when I saw that matchup, that I think if the Bears were going to have a chance, the reason why they were going to have a chance is because that defense was going to stand up. And they stand up. They really stood up, man. That, um, Kudos to those guys. They they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball, so they're going to cause a lot of players. I mean, a lot of teams to have issues playing them every year, all year. Um, the only thing that would that would uh, push them over the hump is if their QB play is a little bit more consistent. And I agree to that. Maybe 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 the Bears might go for Darnold. Who knows? Um, just to, just to think about it. Uh. The Panthers beat the Falcons in a close game, 23-16. Carolina's for real, man. They're going to be a tough game every week. So, I don't know if they're going to win. I don't, you know, I doubt if they're going to win the division, but they might make no. the playoffs this year. 
you know. I mean, Robbie Anderson is showing his ass off again. Uh, yeah. Over 100 yards <laughs> receiving once again. <laughs> He's definitely showing what 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 he really has, and that's the real potential. <laughs> yeah, but also when you have a coach that could actually use you and your talents properly, I mean, that goes without saying. Nobody never the the people saying that Robbie Anderson wasn't this and he wasn't that. This is football. He's a pro wide receiver. He is a lot of things. He might not be certain things, but he is enough things that you could basically use him in an offense and then he could become something like what he is now, you know? But it's not only the coaches, man. It's the front office and everything. A lot of those draft picks that they had, Jeremy Chin was a player that I like coming out of college. That's just, that's a safety that's balling out of control. I mean, they have a lot of players, a lot of young players that are just playing so well, man. And the schemes and the coaching just fits what they're doing right now. I mean, I, I don't know how long they could keep playing at the level that they're playing right now, but that this is all on the front office and the coaching right now, definitely. Yeah. Um, the soccer, the soccer uh, Raiders beat the Chiefs 40 to 32. That was definitely the upset of the, the week. Um I mean, they gave up 32 points, but you know what? The defense came up big when they had to, right? They picked up a big turnover late in the fourth quarter. Um, and um, you know what? Like you said, David Carr, man, had a great game. And again, like you said, too, is that he is playing. It's almost – I don't think he's playing week to week, but there's definitely a pressure on him every week because he's got Mariota right behind him. So if he has a couple of bad weeks in a row, I, I think he, he would be benched, but – Right now they're playing good, man. Yeah, Derek Derek Carr Derek Carr is just one of those players. That, like I, you know, I remember last year we were kind of dissecting his play a little bit, and we were talking about a lot of this stuff just didn't make any kind of sense because he's not, you know, like Chris says, he's kind of a weird guy. But on the football field, he's not that bad of a quarterback if you watch the talent. So the way he was playing definitely playing below the level of talent that he actually is. So um, I think another year on the, on the Gruden's offense and stuff, I think you started to see him shine a little bit, especially now he has a little bit more weapons. Uh, Waller is a beast. Um, yeah, now you have wide receivers that can spread the field, creating opportunities for him underneath which he, where he likes to throw the ball. And for the once or twice or three times that he throws the ball long, you know, he has wide receivers that could actually go, go for that. So, yeah, man. I, I, the, the Raiders could cause issues, man. They, but they have to be consistent, though. I agree to it. Um, Stellas beat um, beat the Eagles. High scoring game, 38-29. Did not see that. <laughs> yeah, me either. Did not see that happening. And I, and I thought the Eagles game. almost. Yeah, and I thought the <laughs> Eagles was too close to actually winning. They actually played their ass off against a, a great defense. <laughs> Pittsburgh's defense has not played great yet, you know, even their yes. offense. I, we're waiting for that week that they kind of break Explode. out on both sides of the field, but so far they haven't. Yeah, they're, they're going to – it's going to – I I would like to think that it's going to happen, man. They have way too much talent on both sides of the ball there. But, um, but yeah, um, I mean – it's any given Sunday, right? Yep. <laughs> um, um, but but you gotta give you gotta give Wentz you gotta give Wentz that man. I think I think he's 
I think I know the turnovers and everything like that. I think I think the the team struggling, having a bunch of injuries and stuff like that, and especially where when he doesn't have enough skill position talent. I think that's basically probably him forcing the ball. That's why he's turning the ball so much, turning the ball mm-hmm. over so much. The kid is mm-hmm. very talented, man, and he could do this. What he did there, that's him. He could do that. He could go on those. On those, he could have mul- uh, multiple games where he's an elite quarterback. I know a lot of people hate to say that, but Carson Wentz is no slouch. Right, and I don't know. And Ju, and I, I, we really have so much from from Juju's. Um, I, 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 we could talk about that another. I'm gonna talk about that another week because that's that's another subject I would like to talk about next week. Uh, the Rams, the Rams beat Washington thirty to ten. Yeah, Rams yeah. are gonna be a good team. They are a good team, man. So they're gonna be a team you gotta watch out for. Aaron Donald, yeah. potential defensive player of the year, still Again. animal. <laughs> and the oh, Red, come the on. Redskins. I just don't. I come still on. don't understand them benching Haskins. Something must be there. I mean, he wasn't doing. I, I do mean, want to give a shout out to Alex Smith. I didn't expect yeah. him to play, but you know, shout out to him. Not not the best situation for him, but it's good to see see him after after that yeah, major after surgery. It's yeah. It's like a miracle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. God bless him, man. Definitely, man. For a guy to come out of that kind of predicament and come back actually playing. Yeah, I'm watching the dude and I'm like when when Aaron, uh, at one time um, Aaron Donald jumped on his back and I'm like oh my god, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> <laughs> but but yo I'm I'm I mean yeah kudos to him man and his family I I, I you know I'm happy that he could come back and do what he loves man uh, but but um, but the Rams are just we're talking about a team that is just well coached man they just do what they do they don't yeah. always do it they don't. They don't always do it to the best of their ability every time, but they compete every week. Every week they're in their games. Every week they're causing teams trouble and, and, and enough to the point where they're winning more than they're losing. You know, so that's, that's just the, the mark of an actually good NFL team. So, yeah, man, they, they, that, that's, a, that's a scary team to deal with, man. And once you have Aaron Donald on your side, man, hey, I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, um, the unblockable one. <laughs> yeah, um, Ravens dominated the Bengals twenty-seven to three. I don't even think we need to talk about that because we already know <laughs> that was going to happen, but we didn't expect a big blowout. Uh, Texans beat the Jaguars for their first win without Bill O'Brien, thirty to fourteen. Romeo Crennel, I think they said he's the oldest head coach now, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> actually, Brandon Cooks actually had a, a good a good game. Eight catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. So this could yeah. be the, the week that, you know, hopefully for the Texans, it changes them around and they could get on some kind of a roll. They still, they still have issues that they need to address. I don't care. I mean, the win is a win. Okay, you got to take a win whenever you get it. But there's things about that team that just worries me long-term and short-term. And until they address those, I don't know what they are. I really don't know what they are going to be, to tell you the truth. Yeah, as of not yet. Um, Dolphins dominated the 49ers in another shock of 43-17. to 17. Hey, like I said earlier, 49ers have only beat the Giants and the Jets. So I, I, there might be an issue here with San Fran. I know you said Jimmy G has to get healthy. 
He didn't play so good this week. So, I mean, let's see how he does this week coming I think up. They, I think they're losing a lot of key players in this as well. That's Defense. Especially defense. Yep. yep. That's what's hurting This really hurting yep. them in this show. Yeah, but but I also I also spoke about uh, a little bit about about the 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 after Super Bowl collapse. I think I think we kind of spoke yes, about Atlanta, is. about Atlanta. Atlanta just can cannot get over it. They lost the Super Bowl, and the team just fell apart, and they never was the same after that. And I think it's kind of the same thing that ha- that's happening to 49ers right now. Unless they could show me differently, I kind of smell. That's what exactly what's going on over there. It's like, you know, just these, you know, that there's a, a kind of a cohesion and a kind of a great marriage of scheme and talent that happens wherever Kyle Shanahan goes. And for some reason, there's there's none of that happening right now. Uh, people are making mistakes. They're out of position and stuff like that. Like, you don't see that happen with a yeah. Shanahan as a coach. So, yeah, you know. It's weird that I picked Seattle to win the division, and it looks like it's gonna happen. <laughs> just, just because you know, just because I talked of, about of that before the of season course, bro. started. <laughs> of course, what else? What else is new? You, 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 At this point, we should, you should just don a white robe on you and call you a prophet. <laughs> yeah, there <you> go. <laughs> yeah, Browns, Browns, uh, beat the Colts. Uh, Sharman, Sharman actually got this one. Uh. Thirty-two to twenty-three. Yeah, no. yeah. Um, the the Colts have the Colts. The Colts are actually a pretty good team, but they, it's almost <laughs> they they just have they just have a couple things going. You know that that's not there. And Philip, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Philip Rivers will. It, that's what he is now. He gives the ball away. You know, so until their quarterback. The record, uh-huh. For the record, I picked them. You guys, you guys picked Indy. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, you're the one that picked. Oh, you're yeah, the wait, one that picked the Browns. I thought I picked the Browns. I no, thought no. Picked them. Oh. You both okay. have the Colts. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Chris. Well, well, well yeah, Chris, <laughs> Chris. Chris is the guy so give far. Give credit where credit's due. That's all. I don't have many. You can't give me that much credit, but that's one you got to give me one for. Okay, all right. You're, you're leading <laughs> us too, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's still leading us at this point, I think. He'll, he'll talk about the record in a second. Uh. I want to say Dak Prescott, get get better. Um, we didn't get to talk much about you. Yeah. Uh, because because we've been talking so much about the Jets, but get better. Uh the Cowboys beat the Giants in the high scoring game, thirty-seven to thirty-four. That's an indication of how bad cowboy football is. <laughs> they actually had to go to the basement to hang out with the Giants for a Sunday to win a game. If I I like this is this I mean how do you explain this? How could a team that's so talented play with a, a, a team that we all know that suck and they're battling touchdown for touchdown? Really? This no, makes no sense. The Giants have scored what? I think two touchdowns before that before last week. So <laughs> That's pretty bad when you it's just that. they How the Cowboys had to play the Cowboys had to play catch up once again and it don't make no sense at all. Um I'm glad that well I'm not glad that Dak got, got injured, but I'm glad that after his injury they gave uh Ezekiel Elliott the ball more to, to make the I guess to make them, you know, the points happen. But 
hopefully they learn from it and hopefully he'll get more involved as the uh, Mr. Red Rifle is going to be starting for the Cowboys because this is not going to be easy for them. Whether they have an easy schedule or not, this is not going to be easy for them in the show with this game against the Giants. My issue with the whole, oh, everybody's like, yeah, give Ezekiel Elliott the ball, give him the ball. Guys, for the first time in a long time, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line is actually not as good as it should be. They have multiple injuries and multiple rookies or younger players starting in very important positions across that line. You're all of a sudden going to lean on that as that is going to be what you're going to be leaning on? I don't know, man. I'm not sold. I agree. I agree, but I'm just saying, like, before the season started, I really did not see this team playing this badly. I, I did. Like, I'm shocked. I'm totally shocked. And and <laughs> watching them play now, I don't know what could save them, to tell you the truth. I really don't. I don't know, neither. And, and this and this NFC East is going to be a week by week, especially with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles is not – the Eagles not playing best, but they but they fighting. And, I, and if the Eagles – Stay, stay there with them. I we could see an actual November, December, another year type of fight. We'll, we'll, we'll see, man. But, oh, that one's gonna go right down to the last week, I think. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just uh, like last year. That's, yeah. that's what happened last year. Yep. Exactly. Um, Seattle uh, beat the Vikings twenty-seven to twenty-six. Close game. And you know what? Minnesota really should have won that game. Yes. Because Mr. Uh, Mr. Perfect Mr. Coach. There, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson threw a, an interception. What was it? About five minutes left. He threw an interception, and Minnesota got the ball. They drove down to – I think the five-yard line, and then he went for it on fourth down like an idiot. Yeah. Instead so of kicking the, kick the field, field goal. goal. And, <laughs> and then Russell Wilson had to win the game. Basically, yeah. You give you give you give my guy Russell Wilson enough yeah. chances, he's gonna you kill you. Give him another chance, man. They had to go for the jugular. They had to go for the first down. I mean, they had to kick the field goal, and then force them. You know, but didn't yeah, happen. And Mr. Idiot said, if he had the chance, he'll do it again. You you just an idiot, man. You just don't want to win. <laughs> Bad enough to sit. The season is already not going good for for y'all. What what else do you need? <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah, you kick the field goal and then you force Seattle to not only score a touchdown, but then get a two-point conversion after that. So, um, no. <laughs> he tried to go for the, the one yard and he got stopped. Wow. Yeah. So, terrible. bad move. We got uh, the Saints in the, in the high scoring. Uh, very impressive game by Justin Herbert. 30-27, um, to 27, the Saints win in overtime. And you know what? Herbert played – most, I think it was most of the game without what's his name too, without Keenan Allen. Yes, Allen got yes. injured. I think in the first quarter. So that was that was another big thing. I thought when he went down, I said, "Oh man, that's gonna be huge." But Herbert, Mike good, Williams, stepped up. <laughs> they have two other wide receivers that actually are pretty good too. Yeah. So that yeah. that's another talented team. That that's a very talented team. So they especially that defense trade out, they'll be all right. Yeah. Oh, they miss well, a, I they think they're better James. Yeah. yeah, but I think that defense is better, are. man. That defense is better than uh, you think. I think I think um, the other pass rusher, uh, not Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa himself is not 100%. So they can't, they, they're not even giving him that many snaps. 
and uh, Ingram, remember Ingram is on IR, I think. Yeah. So so they're missing that. Then they're missing Dorian James. They, there's a lot of in, in, integral parts of that defense that is actually out. So you're not seeing, and, and even then you've seen them playing really well. They're pretty competitive. So yeah, they were actually a pretty good team. I think I think I think I'm I'm impressed with Herbert uh, and, yes. the, and the kid Mike Williams because Mike Williams played he balled Mike Williams yep. balled yeah um, that's what he does Herbert put them in the best situation to win the game and the kicker messed it up for them and you know and I feel bad I feel bad for the kid and it's not the kid's fault you know he's a rookie he's gonna do what he's gonna have to do and. And for him to play to play the way how he play, and we thought maybe this kid is very serious. Um, let's, I will, let's I will say this. Look out for him. I'll say this, Davin. And one of the reasons why I didn't, I wasn't sold on Herbert, was that he, in my opinion, he was way conservative in college, and and even when he takes shots, it was a conservative conservative shot shot. In my opinion, that's just my opinion. I thought that, that that does not play well in the pros because when you do that, you end up turning into a turnover machine. Whoever the hell got into this kid and turned him into a fearless soldier, that is the guy because he has the arm to do it. If he became a fearless, I, fearless quarterback, he has the, he, oh, he had the potential to be, actually become a pretty good quarterback. Now, this is a very small sample. I'm not saying all of a sudden that he is united as probably one of the better young quarterbacks going forward. I'm just saying that this kind of play is what he would thrive at. Uh, that's what he is. You know, you give, he, he, could, he could tear up a defense, give him the talent, and, get, and he has the arm for it. Yeah, um, shout out, shout out to you, Herbert. Uh, definitely, and Drew Brees gave him his credit. So yeah, definitely, shout out to him. And last in the last game, Titans blew out the Buffalo Bills, forty-two to sixteen. To me, this is one of those games that kind of a, like a statement game. And I think that definitely Titans, was. Yeah, I think the Titans said, you know what, everybody they was went to the AFC Buffalo. champion, right? <laughs> yeah, like what Kansas City did to Baltimore the previous week. This was their statement game. So this was a big mm. game. And you know what? Buffalo's going to bounce back. They're a good team. But uh, definitely Tennessee said, you know what? We're going to be here too at the end of the, at the, end of the season. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out like this. You know how the NFL is a copycat league, right? I know, I know the Titans defense is very uh, good at this specific thing. <clears throat> the reason why this was a bad matchup for Josh Allen and the Bills offense is that the Bills had been seeing a bunch of man coverage everywhere. And they went into a place where basically what the Titans do best is play zone and hide the hell out of whatever the hell kind of coverage they're playing. They were very good at disguising coverages. I think we spoke about this in the playoffs last year, about how good the Titans' defense is at disguising what they're doing. This is what Josh Allen had to play with. He did not know where and when players were open because players were looking open at one time and then they weren't. That's why he was throwing all these interceptions. If teams could now take that game plan and implement it against the Bills, I think they have a shot at beating them because as much as we love 
what uh, uh, Allen has been doing, he still has a propensity to turn the ball over. If you turn mm-hmm. him into a turnover machine, the Bills ain't going nowhere. Yeah, and, and also Tannehill is, is really showing his ass off. Also, also, Mr. True. Norman, uh, don't don't think we didn't see you on on the film, man. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, you're another victim of the Henry stiff arm. Well, the, so, internet, <laughs> the internet blew him up too. I mean, his memes everywhere about that. He, listen, <laughs> listen, you you got to take if if listen if if if. In my opinion, if I was a football player, man, especially if I was a DB, and this dude hit me like that, man, what am I gonna do, man? It's it's just it's just the nature of the beast. What are you you can't tackle that dude? Harry yeah, is an animal. That's for sure. Harry <laughs> Harry is definitely an animal. Yeah. Um, uh, before we go to the uh, week six predictions, um, Chris, um, the wins. Uh, last week. Uh, it wasn't. Charmin. It wasn't too great. Charmin has nine wins each, and Gavin took a chance on a couple. Yeah, I only got like like what five or six. six. <laughs> no, okay, so, that's fine. So the standings now are uh, me at fifty-two, Charmin at fifty, and Gavin now is at forty-five. No, yeah, I'll, I'll gain some of that back this week. All right, so. <laughs> This so first game is Texans versus Titans. You gotta go Tennessee, right? Yeah, Tennessee is yeah. on the road. Tennessee, ten. I don't know what the hell's going on with Tannehill, but yeah, you gotta go. He's bowling. Yes, he is. <laughs> I guess when you don't have have a certain offensive guru. Ooh. I'm just saying. Um, next game, uh, Bengals against the Colts. You know what? I was thinking of taking the Bengals this game. Mm. I'm not impressed that much with the Colts because of Philip Rivers is he's definitely done after this year, but um, I, I I gotta go with the Colts though they they have to win this game. Chris, what is the Bengals? Uh, uh, they have they won the Bengals have won a game. Yeah, they won, they won on something right, and they tied, so they won three and one. Yeah, the Bengals will win this game. The Bengals Bengals over Colts. Okay, mm. yeah, I was thinking of them too. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Colts. Uh, they'll they'll bounce back this week. Um, this is a must win. Uh, they three and two. They must win this game. Um, Falcons against the Vikings. If, if the there's Vikings. a game, if there's a game, <laughs> and it's got to be the Vikings because I think they play Green Bay next. So yes, they lose they this a couple of games after this. Yeah, week. so you got to win this game. So I think this is a must win. And Atlanta right now is in a little bit of a a mess. He'll spin. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to definitely go Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with the Vikings on this one. Um, you got the Broncos against the Patriots. I'm going to go Patriots. Cam Newton is Cam, yeah, Cam 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 player, so, yeah, yep. I'm go with the Patriots. Um, Washington yeah. against the Giants. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think the Giants are going to win their first game. Yeah, I think so, too. I'll, 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 I'll go in the opposite. I'll, 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 I'll pick Washington to win this game. You got to start gaining some points <laughs> because <laughs> oh. we're going we're gonna to leave you in the dust, bro. <laughs> it's, it's okay. I mean, it's only, it's, you know, we still got 10 more games to go. So, yeah, you know, the second, half, the second half is when, I, when my gambling hopes, uh, you know, starts to it's show. Only, it's only week six. 
And, 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 and uh, you know, you know what? I, I'm going to take what I just said back because I, I know I put the red, white robe on you and call you the prophet before. So, yeah. <laughs> you bounce back. Yeah, you'll yeah. do it. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Ravens against the Eagles. Got to be the Ravens. I can't see Philly's defense holding that uh, team down. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no no linebackers. No <laughs> linebackers that could no linebackers that could cover um, those tight ends from 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 the Ravens. So there you go. Yeah. Ravens. One of the one of the games of the week. Uh, Browns against the Steelers. Interesting game. I'm waiting for Pittsburgh to wake up one week and really just dominate somebody, and I think this is going to be the week. Hmm. So you're going. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. This game, this is uh, – the Browns are showing me something. They're showing me something. I, I'm, I'm, I'm picking the Browns here. I don't – I'm still I, not I, impressed with Baker Mayfield and his yeah, stats and I his definitely, numbers. I agree. And that, and, this, and that is going to be questionable for this game. Um, I, I will pick Pittsburgh just because of, uh, this is going to be on Baker Mayfield more than, than the running backs. And – if Baker Mayfield do not have an impressive game, they will not win this game, especially with Claypool played the way how he's playing. So, um, oh, we got a good game. Uh, the Bears against the Panthers. You know what? I, I like Carolina. I never I didn't think I'd pick them, but I really like Carolina. Mm. No, I'm taking the, the, I'm taking the Bears. Bears. No, Bears. Yeah, I think I'm going to pick the Bears. Mac is on fire, and um, – the kid Robinson, uh, Robinson is on fire as well. The wide receiver Robinson, he's on fire as well. And Nick Foles is finding this guy. So I think this will be a defensive game for sure. And I think, but I think Chicago will pull pull it out shockingly. If it was Trubisky, I would have picked the Panthers for sure. Um, Lions against the Jaguars. Oh. Can I flip? I'm going to flip a coin real fast. Flip, flip, flip it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions. Yeah, me too. Detroit. I'll 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 take another gamble, man. I'm pick the Jags. Fuck it. <laughs> I ain't got nothing to lose at this point. Um. Oh, another um, another game of the week. Uh, Packers against the Bucks. Yeah. The Bucks need to win this game, but I'm yeah. I have to go with the Packers, man. Aaron Rodgers, no interceptions, and golly, the man is just. Balling his ass off. I'm I'm gonna go with the Packers. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tampa Bay. Like you said, they got they need a win. So, so uh, we got some. Yeah, it's very yeah. Tough. This is the Packers game. I would take I would take the Bucks if I knew the Bucks could actually run the ball. They haven't showed that they could run the ball, man. And teams are basically daring daring them to run the ball. So I'm a, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Packers. Um, Sunday night game. You got the Rams against the 49ers. I'm going to go Rams. Mm. Yeah, me too. The Rams are just – they're just so good. They're just a better team than the, than the 49ers right now. Yeah, 49ers got to prove something eventually. But this, I don't this, know if they can do this. This will be the game Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to show his ass off and um, – and I think this is a must win. This is not with their with their division. This is a must win situation for the 49ers. This is not a must win for the Rams, uh, the Cardinals, or the Seahawks. This is for the 49ers. I'm going with the Niners. Uh 
another game of the week, Monday Night Football. We got the Chiefs against the Bills. Ooh, man. That's going to be a good one. I'm going to go with Kansas City because uh, they got to bounce back after, after last week's loss. Yeah, Kansas City for me too. Yeah, Mahomes is pissed off. And um, the reason why Bell was signed was because of uh, the kid, Hilaire, and um, they, they put, a they put like, a stat up. They're basically, like, I guess when they, like, got the opponent's five-yard line, he's 0 for 7 scoring in the end zone. That's why they had to bring Bell in because they know that Bell would be the guy to, to get them in the end zone a little bit more. Um, so – I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but it's going to be a very close game. This is a big test for, for Mr. Allen, uh, Josh Allen, and I hope Josh Allen is back. ready. Yes. It's going to be the team that bounces back, right? Yes, and, but I think the Chiefs and Mahomes is, is not going to be playing. Mr. Mr. Mahomes, when he makes a statement, Mahomes makes a, a statement. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Chiefs for me, in the too. Final, might see the final, <laughs> yeah, yeah we're definitely going to see Bell at some point. Um. In the last game, the Cardinals against the Cowboys. I think Dallas has to win this. National TV, um, at home. That's a must win for them. Yeah, so I, I think they got to win. And I think Dalton's going to be pretty good. Hmm. I'm, I'm actually going to the Cardinals. On, yeah, until the Dallas Cowboys defense could show up to actually play a game this year, sometime, I'm going to pick everybody against the Cowboys. Wow! Almost everybody. That's that's not that's everybody. Deep. I think I think Red <laughs> Rifle will show up. This will be a toss-up game. Yeah, I'm picking Arizona. Yeah, yeah he's picking okay. Arizona. I think I think this is more of a toss-up game. Um, the Cardinals and the Cowboys. This is a toss-up game because we don't know what the we don't know what the uh, Cardinals is going to do. And I know they just lost uh, Chandler Jones for the year, so that hurts the that hurts the Cardinals. Oh a lot. yeah, man, that sucks. Yeah, so yeah, that so, really yeah the Cardinals is, is really really hurting on that defensive side as well. This is going to be a toss-up, high-scoring game, but I'm still going to go with the Cardinals. The lesser Red Rifle could prove that he got it, but he's in the best situation with this offense to make to make his moves if he's trying to get signed to a team after this season. Um, and that's it for our podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Twitter at Just Fans Podcast as we do this for y'all every week. Leave us some feedback. Um, until next time, we're taking flight. Take flight. Take flight.